0: I think there's a lot of baggage with inside sales. I mean, honestly, what, inside of what I would actually ask at this point. I mean, a box, a building? I, I don't even know what we're <laughs> inside.
1: Welcome back everybody to this week's RevOps Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcox, CSRO here at IO, Joined with co-host Howard Brown, founder and CEO, and one of the pioneers all things revenue science. Today, we are thrilled to have with us Joy Rowan. Joy is Vice President of Remote Sales at Amerisource Bergen, one of the world's leading supporting human and health companies dealing with Joy, correct me if I'm wrong, but a huge amount in the supply chain of healthcare, the efficiency side, accessible medications. He's a global complex business. And as we're about to discuss, an even more complex sales side to the business as well. So Joy, welcome, we're thrilled to have you with us.
0: Thank you, thank you for having me. Welcome Welcome. Joy. Hi
2: Howard. Good to see you again.
1: You too. Well, look Joy, we wanna dive in today and start with almost a simple statement and dive deep. Are we looking at the end of inside sales teams? And as you and Howard both think about that statement, I wanna give a couple ideas for our audience to think through here. Right now, when we talk to chief sales officers, chief revenue officers, three quarters, in fact, about 74% are currently updating seller competencies for virtual selling. Of that, you're around 43% are completely remapping how they are dealing with both digital technologies, engagement technologies, and virtual buying. And the reason for that is because despite us coming out of the pandemic, We are continuing to see a rise of virtual selling. And the world is blending all of the roles of field sales and inside sales together. Joy, Howard, are we at that end?
0: I'm gonna say, gosh, I hope so. And I only mean that, and I hope the word inside sales is dead because Mm -hmm. what we are, or we're evolving and growing and changing into something much better and much different i think there's a lot of baggage with inside sales i mean honestly what inside of what i would actually ask at this point i mean a box a building i, I don't even know what we're <laughs> inside I, I mean i mean what are we inside so so is remote selling is virtual selling dead absolutely not you just you just named it and everybody knows it it, it is it but it's it's not the inside sales of five or ten years ago at least in my vision and my belief it's evolving and changing into something much more sophisticated, right? So it's, it's really blending the efficiency and scale of remote with taking the tools and technologies that we have that we didn't have anything like this five or even ten, like 10 years ago into creating a different selling experience and a customer experience. And so it's leveraging the power of the remote, the power of the tools and technologies to actually give us more human interaction, more sales interaction, not less. Mm-hmm. And that that's really for me the key. And that's why for me it's also I think there's a lot of baggage inside sales that it's like I said, this like production quality. And that's the other thing I think we've learned is that not all sales is that either. I mean, maybe that's certain types of sales. But now we see hybrid and remote sales, very sophisticated, high-level, high-level and organizational sales. So I don't think inside sales is what we are anymore.
2: Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would fully concur there. Uh, Joy, when I think about inside sales, I, I'm old enough to remember when they used to call it telesales. <laughs> and that was to sort of make it sound better. And, and, you know, the idea of cold calling obviously had a lot of stigma to it. I think where we have evolved to now with the idea of virtual or remote, let's face it, we have incredible technologies today that can deliver insights, that can augment the sales process, that can deliver better visibility for our sales organizations, our support organizations to best help our customers. So it's utilizing all of that data, all of that goodness that we know about our customers and our prospects to allow us as salespeople to better serve them, to better help them. And in the past, field while it's not gone and we build relationships when we visit one another and we spend time with one another, but it's really hard to scale that. I can only visit so many customers in a given day. Now, with all of these tools that are available, we're sitting here on a Zoom meeting, our ability to connect and make sure that we have the kind of conversations so that we can deliver value, so that we can better understand what your needs are, Are critical. So I I believe that we're arming sales teams, go-to-market teams with tools to make them better. And so I'm not a huge fan of the the inside sales jargon, whatever. The idea is what are we doing to make our sales people better, making them more contextual, making them more helpful to any buyer, to any customer. And that's really key for me.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with you, Howard. And I, I, I'm not surprised, you know, given your background as a clinician that the humanness comes through. Right. And I think that's the key for me is that we have the technology and tools now to still allow the humanness to come yes. through. And, and that's the key, right? Um, we're not trying to, at least in, in my vision or version of, of remote sales, it's enabling rather than disabling our teams to have more of those human interactions because the conversation AI it should be helping in other ways, but nothing replaces that human interaction. The ability and and that's why we you know pay our salespeople and why we look for people who can like you say contextualize, who mm-hmm. can pivot, who can understand a nuance or connect dots that sometimes our AI and other tools can and sometimes they can't. And so you know like I said, I think for me it's the ability to free up the seller's time to be even more human mm-hmm. right and to have that human engagement because i i fully believe whether it's in person or remote or both some version of both that's ultimately what can drive it it drives better customer experience it drives better business results it also drives the seller experience that's right i think we've we've also learned that being remote also enables you to find different and diversified talent and experience mm-hmm by not being so geographically specific. So to your point, yes, we can also leverage the, the scale of not having to travel everywhere, which is also quite a bit more sustainable
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, in a couple different ways, as well as I know for us, one of the things that's been the biggest pleasure for me is the different people we've been able to bring on to the team um, that we never would have been able to bring on three years ago when it was mandatory to sit in an office mm-hmm. on the sales floor in, you know, suburban Philadelphia. So that's actually been one of the things that, you know, I think we talk about maybe less, but has been one of the, the pleasures of the evolution for me.
1: I think that's such a, a great point, Joy, in terms of we're expanding the scope and accessibility of what is, you know, arguably one of the highest paying professions in the world, sales in general. But also it is life-changing for many people if they it can is. have access to the job, right? Mm-hmm. And once they can get the experience there. Mm-hmm. And I hope we continue to see more of that and we don't revert back. I um, might mm-hmm. because it's um it's it's a tremendous thing when people get that vision behind them. Mm-hmm. And with that said, as I listen to what you're you're saying there and what Howard's saying, I agree with, but I'm gonna go back to reminisce on some of my Gartner days and stuff like that. A lot of People wouldn't philosophically disagree, but sales is getting harder than it's ever been before. Mm. And you have, I think there's general acceptance. Well, for a junior rep, sure, we'll, we'll support them, we'll help them, but they largely are focusing on emailing and video meetings, right? They, they aren't hitting the human components of this. And then you have at the other end of the spectrum, the senior AEs going, I could not use technology my goodness, that would be a terrible thing. Like it, my, my secrets are my secrets. My process is my way. Heaven forbid somebody record or provide an insight or action something in a way that would, would support me through emotion, right? And even most people go, do senior reps actually need this stuff? Like did the field-based sellers, do they do they need support when virtually selling? So if it's getting more complex and we're seeing both ends of the spectrum converge, How do we shift people culturally to accept and use the things that are going to help them?
0: Well, I think COVID did did more of that job than any of the rest of us ever could with a transformation or cultural change or change management or whatever we want to do. And by the way, I don't think it was just our sellers. It was also our customers. So I think about this in terms of even personally or for some of our customers. So a lot of our customers are amazing resources in their community. They're independent retail pharmacists. So imagine the role that they played in COVID. But, you know, obviously our field sales teams couldn't go there. Our remote sales teams were calling in. But if you would have asked any of us, you know, three years ago, like they're never going to take a video call. And, you know, and some of them, you know, aren't as tech savvy, maybe, you know, they're amazing clinicians and business people, but maybe this wouldn't have been their comfort zone. But then I think about even like, my parents who wouldn't have either, but because in COVID, their choice was to see their grandchildren via Zoom or not see them at all. You better believe they got comfortable with the Zoom, right? And mm. so I actually think in terms of shifting the culture, that was the biggest game we're ever going to get mm. in, sh- in shifting. Um, and we've had really positive feedback from our senior sellers, our field sales sellers who have said, you know, it's really made me rethink do I need to get on that airplane? And sometimes the answer is yeah, I need to get on that airplane. That is a customer or prospect, that that's that I'm making that choice. But I think people are thinking of it twice, where perhaps we wouldn't have thought twice. There's a lot of us sales folks, you know, I did field sales for a long time that wouldn't have thought twice before jumping in the car, jumping on that airplane. And so now I think really, Alistair, the question is, how do we like keep the momentum going? Yeah. Like, how, how do we keep the mom- That's what I think about a lot. How do we keep the momentum going? And I would say that, and this, this is maybe my most recent experience trying to transform and modernize remote sales within my world. And what a lot of it has come down to is that we've got the tools and technologies. We even have people that are more open than they've ever been. Now, you know, Perhaps we also need to think about the hiring of our future, but that's just probably a separate conversation, but we have people as comfortable as they're ever gonna be. So from my perspective, one of the key things to keep the momentum going is the seller's user experience.
2: That's right. So
0: yeah. here's the thing, like if you give them these tools and technologies and they're difficult to use, they don't see value in them, they, it's like clunky integration. It doesn't really work between systems. It doesn't really integrate into their flow of work. Again, maybe we need to ask them to do some things differently in their flow of work, but it doesn't integrate at all into their flow of work. They, as a user, weren't considered in kind of, as you look at workflow and design, you lose them. Mm -hmm. So it's imperative, from my perspective, to keep the momentum going, you really have to think about the user, the sales user, whether that person is remote, whether that person is hybrid, whether that person is field sales, and say, how do I design their sales user experience Mm -hmm. in a way that they get value out of it, and that it it works in their flow. Mm -hmm. So that that would be my answer of like, if we want to keep this momentum going, I think that's going to be a critical success factor.
2: You know, Joy, it, you're, one thing I really appreciate about you is you're so consistent. When, when, when we spoke last time, you spoke about your customers and, and these, in some cases, mom and pop uh, pharmacies and, and your respect for them and what they do and how much they matter to the community. Very, very people-centric, very focused, a lot of respect I love that. But also, even today, you talked about my humanistic view of things. But what you're talking about, again, is people that you work with, making sure that they have the best experience with their tools, making sure that they're growing. We miss that a lot of times as sales organizations. We're so focused on we have to hit the number. We have to do whatever we have to do. Your focus around both your own team as well as your customers is what I think we all need. It's that customer focus. It's that human centeredness. And what I appreciate so much is if we keep that at the forefront of all we do, it's delivering value. It's improving people. That is so important because look, whether the economy is good or bad, we still have to serve people. Right. Mm -hmm. You have a very important job to do at your organization, which delivers just about, I think, more medicine to the world than just about any other company in the world. I mean, think about that for that entire supply chain. All of that needs to work. And what are you focused on? You're focused on making sure your employees and your customers have great experience. It was a joy to talk to you, not to use joy to But it it was one of the reasons I was so excited to have you join us today. It's You're you're consistent, you're focused, and it's about delivering exceptional experiences on both ends. So I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank
0: you. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate that. That's very kind. And I and there's a, there's a quote, like it's a, a George Merck quote, and he always said, if you focus on the patients, if whenever we focused on the patients, the profits have inevitably followed. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing when you focus on the people, whether you're talking about your end users or your clinicians or patients or your own team, when you focus on the people, my experience in 25 years of sales in healthcare sales is the rest has ended up working itself out you know, I'm, I'm certainly not the first person to say it, but when you're, when your sales users are happy and productive, they have a good experience. They're giving your customer no. an excellent experience. And I, again, I have sold a lot of things. I've spent a lot of time in sales and healthcare and I've never failed to see when those two things align, I've never failed to see the, the business results follow. Yeah. So yeah. I just inherently believe that, you know, it, that that's how it works and when i've seen it not go as well one of those two things or both of them are misaligned or broken 100%. um and 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 you're right like you know in our business like there is no room for like there, there's there's not a lot of room for error and there's not a lot of room for 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 not getting it right and and for not servicing these customers our sure. customers service our communities who are us You know, I want my mom to be able to go to the pharmacy. I need to be able to pick my kids, you know, antibiotic up later tonight. And I think we can all appreciate that. It's not so, so I think we, we do take that very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a win-win you can take care of all the people. And when all the people are taking care of the business takes care of itself.
2: That's right. And it's, you you hear so many people talk about customer support and customer success and you know, what we have to think about, what you're really underlining here is that if you have miserable employees because they don't have the information that they need to be helpful, they don't have the sales yeah. information, they don't have the customer information, and they get a customer on the phone who's aggravated because they're not getting what they need, that's not a great experience for your employees. It's mm-hmm. awful. And imagine having that happen over and over and over again. And you don't have to imagine it. You could talk to most sales reps. You can talk to most support reps. They're not given the tools to be ready, available and in the moment. And so they're having frustrated people all day long, upset with them. How are they supposed to then go deliver a great customer experience? How do you ask them to do that?
0: Yeah, and if you're hiring people that care, that should upset, you know, they, they should, they should want to be able to do better, you know, do better than that. So then as organizations and as leaders, it becomes imperative that we do better for that, right? Like we set those conditions and I, I, and that sounds so easy. I think actually that's what most people want. I think that's what most companies want. I think that's what most leaders want for their people. I will say it's, it is far harder to execute that in reality, you know, than than it sounds, I think, on one hand, the increase of technology and technology stacks has given us far, far greater benefits and things that we can do that we couldn't do before, but it's also created a complexity that has, we we have not all been able to like wrangle,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Um, at least I, that's certainly, you know, big on my, like it, it we, I feel like some days I have all the tools that I need. Like I've got all these different tools and yet it's like they're, you know, two of the tools are in my garage. One's across the street with the neighbor. He hasn't returned it yet. You know, two are in the basement. One's, you know, it, it, and one's in the toolbox. Like it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I need them all in the box, you know? So so I think it's it's easier said than done. Um, so it's this pro con, This this technology has given us advances we never would have had. But then the like real tough part is, but how do I like knit it together in a way that again, goes back to this enabling rather than disabling. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I pick the right ones for the right function when multiple ones can do different things? So again, it goes back to this kind of user experience or workflow that works for that user. And I I suspect other people have this too, but I have like six different types of remote sellers. Like, it's not like a monolith, like Mm -hmm. it's a seller or it's a remote seller. Their roles are different. And so their needs are different. And so how do I create this consistency, especially because organizationally we need consistency. We need to be using similar tools. Our business is complex. We can have a customer that's doing business with four or five different places within Amerisource Bergen. Um, And so how do we create, we need to be on the same tools. We need to have this kind of consistency And yet at the same time, the ability to customize for the role. Mm -hmm. So again, easier said than done, I would say, but it's, that's the kind of stuff that's on my mind. How do we wrangle it and use the best of it without letting the parts of it that trip us up Mm -hmm. Um, interoperability, like really kind of nerdy, boring things. Like, you know, does that feel connect to that field? Like, it's funny. That stuff can really like one small piece like that can literally be like a wall. That's how Complex the technology pieces in my experience.
1: And I think you know, we're living in an age now, Joy and Howard, where you know the average amount of tools that a rep is using when selling. So we're not including the back end, we're not including all the enablement, not including all the coaching, we're not including all the workflow, just as they're selling is now sitting about 5.8 to 6.5 at any given time. All right. Now Some people might go, I thought it was close to 20. Sure, if you look at 20, (laughs) 30 across the full stack, yes. But in terms of they're now, they're engaging, they're using that stuff. Could you imagine even in this conversation you had, call it six other things happening at any given times you're trying to deliver what we're talking about, a great customer experience. And and you sit in tandem with that and go, that 66% of reps right now have stated that they are increasing more more logging, more data pushes, more than that than ever before. They actually aren't doing what we're hiring them to do, mm-hmm. which is actually communicating and delivering an experience. And yeah. so I think your question is absolutely spot on, Joy. How do we actually rationalize the technical debt? I call it go-to-market debt, but the technical debt associated with what is now quickly becoming tool proliferation. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we actually undo what we've done during the pandemic, because there was a mad rush to go buy everything to help people now be effective. And now they're saying, well, I got a bunch of stuff and I actually is not making me effective. In fact, it's having the inverse of of distracting me and causing me to enter a bunch more stuff everywhere. With that said, we're out of time for today. So (laughs) what I'd love to do, is cue that up for our next episode. Joy, I think we'll have you right back on that and Howard as well. And uh, we'll dive into actually how we address the technology stack and all its complexities. Um, Joy, I love your your customer-centric and sales-centric view of the seller experience in that. Joy, Howard, thank you so much for today. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks as always. And please, everyone, uh, remember to like and subscribe the podcast and try our new dial-in number at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. And Howard and I will do our best to answer your questions on upcoming episodes. Thanks so much.